He lies on hospital sheets, but he's drowning. Behind closed doors, with neither fanfare nor drama, he's been quietly drowning all night. The act of voicing distress, alerting another human being to his plight, takes spare air he no longer possesses. Wide mouth, wide eyes, face stunned and stricken. The mask clamps down on skin, slick with sweat. His lips are grey, fingertips the colour of bruises. And though the oxygen roars, the highest flow we can manage, it's still not enough, not remotely. My early morning gasp, unlike his, can be heard. For weeks now, every time I step out of the house, the signs of life astound me. Spring in full tilt, all blossom and abandon. Skies so huge and clean and blue, they obliterate, if briefly, the hospital from my mind. In this age of contagion, and only for moments, I feel scrubbed clean of disease, disinfected. The man in the side room stutters on. It's 7am. While I'm on the motorway, the hospital will be stirring. Wan faces from night shifts will be emerging into light. With brains fogged and dim, blinking and yawning, colleagues will be dredging up sufficient energy to deliver the clean, crisp handovers those on the day shifts require. The new arrivals will be donning masks, scrubs and the necessary steeliness with which to endure the twelve hours to come. We're learning that minds as much as bodies require barricades these days. There are drugs to be dispensed, temperatures to be taken, floors to be bleached, oxygen to be titrated, tea to be brewed, families to be updated, new decisions to be made in the cold light of morning about the patients now marooned between life and its extinction, like the man in the side room, alone and drowning. I feel a little drunk in the car on sunshine and birdsong. Goodbye, husband. Goodbye, children. Sleep on, my little lockdown loves. Don't drive Dad berserk, please. The deserted motorway feels faintly post-apocalyptic. Zombies, triffids, shambling corpses, all manner of B-movie foes could be stalking the hard shoulder, though in this war, as the newspapers like to frame it, we face an enemy too small to see. One thousand coronaviruses would barely span a human hair. Several trillion might just fill a pinhead. As indices of apocalypse go, the number of free spaces in hospital car parks is a cast-iron measure of calamity. I pull up, disconcertingly close to the entrance to ED, the emergency department. My usual spot is some derelict tarmac tucked behind a row of uninhabited 1950s huts, condemned since the discovery of asbestos. I open the boot of the car. No one in my family but me is allowed in here. It's one thing to weigh your own risks of infection, but quite another to know that by going to work you might endanger those you love most dearly. One clean bag, one dirty. I sling each onto opposite shoulders, though if I'm honest the distinction feels too slight to count as more than superstition. Still, you draw strength from where you can. 
One last glance towards the blue vault above. That warmth, those depths, the sheer spotlessness of empty sky. I breathe in deep, fill my lungs until my ribs splay wide. Anything feels possible beneath a sky like this. With every fibre straining back towards the sun and treetops, I lower my head and walk inside. All the clamour and chaos of a hospital reception is long gone. No patients, no relatives, no jostling in the coffee queue, no shouting, no swearing, no flirting, no family spats, no crying babies, no bewildered octogenarians, no flummoxed visitors squinting and craning at the maps on the walls. Just row upon row of empty seats in the normally overwhelmed atrium.